Walnack's our village scholar. He's studied Yando's magic. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing D&D. It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable Hey, 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 it's me. Keep off the Borderlands. Actually, no, that's not me. That's the name of the podcast. I'm Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall. And that's just a taste of some of the meticulously planned and well-rehearsed material I've got lined up. And I'm just going to be going through some responses I got to my Engagement in Theory episode. So let's do this, shall we? Hi all, just a little addendum to say that I intended to put this episode out last week. Andy Goodman's coming session probably wouldn't be the last, given how the previous sessions have gone. However, since then, we played a following session on Monday, where we concluded the scenario. And, um, well, (laughs) hopefully you'll get to hear the actual play, because the way this thing played out, well... Let's just say the insanity rules were really surplus to requirements, given the way that we played this thing. And hopefully there'll be more adventures to come. Spencer, Andy here from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks and and Grizzly Peaks Radio, which you will be starring on quite soon. I've actually started editing the first episode of Watchers of Walberswick, not Watchers at Walberswick. I'm terribly sorry for getting the um, uh, uh, that word wrong. Preposition? Pre, pro, <laughs> adverb? I don't know. Preposition? Pronoun? I don't know. Pronoun? No, I don't know what it is. I don't know grammar. Anyway, mate, keep going. Keep going with the theory. Your theory stuff is great. And and it's kind of good to hear a bit of Dave as well. So maybe he can keep calling in to you. Even though Dave and I have had our differences of opinion in the past, I still like hearing what he has to say. I'm not sure it, it cuts the other way, though, exactly. But, um, yeah, theory around RPGs. It's interesting. Interesting. I'm pretty sure I did an episode about this during RPG a day month, but it's so long ago now and too much water under too many bridges. But I may be wrong, but I, I suspect one of the first people to write about um, about video game theory was Richard Bartle, one of the originators of MUD. I, I can't imagine there was much video game theory before that. And he was an academic of, of sorts, and uh, he wrote about video games. But because he was writing about MUDs, multi-user dungeons, he was writing about video games where everything was about dialogue because they were text-based, multiplayer dungeons. So, yes, you could do actions, but it was more about your communication with other players and the ability to imagine anything through through language. 
And um, he was the person who I looked up when I was looking at player types because I was really curious to find where, where these theories originated. Yeah, so he was writing, he wrote that paper in 1994. And there is a paper somewhere online about about um, gaming, gamer types in multi-user dungeons. And, and I actually found it really interesting and probably may have been referenced by Robin Laws and others. But, um, but yeah, it talks about the different, oh, I guess, the different psychologies of different play, player types. And I stole it, of course, for Goodman's Grid. Um, Goodman's Grid, and I can't even remember the, the categories, but it was basically between being passive and active and some other axis. And honestly, maybe I should do some, some theorising around that um, in my rank amateur way. Anyway, mate, loving the episodes as usual. See you Monday for, well, maybe the conclusion. Um, I guess this will be in the past. See you last Monday for the conclusion of Watchers of Walberswick. Of. That was Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks and grizzly peaks radio as you heard there and i have listened to the first episode of the watchers of walberswick and yes you're right that is a preposition and yes i did have to look that up but we had that session that monday session that andy was referring to there and no it didn't quite wrap things up in fact it kind of blew things open so (laughs) as far as um tying up loose ends i'm not really sure our party is um that way inclined but those sessions have really been a lot of fun and i've certainly enjoyed listening back to that that first session uh yes richard bartle um uh, what kind of struck me in the past when looking at the early the origins of D and the people involved with that there seems to have been this sort of cross-contamination I suppose kind of a feedback loop between development of video games particularly text adventures and things like the early three-dimensional mazes and things like that between that and early RPGs no doubt because of its kind of geeky nature I imagine a lot of people playing D&D developing other RPGs back then were into their tech as well which sort of echoes my own introduction to rpgs that i've spoken about the warlock of firetop mountain was released the same year as the hobbit text adventure yeah so it seems that those things have kind of developed hand in hand and i guess it's just the fact that video games that industry growing in the way that it did I guess it's no real surprise that there's been more written about video games academically than RPGs. But as Dave pointed out in his earlier message, that with the way 5e has been embraced and and it's sort of seeping into other areas of media, so you get people now watching actual plays that don't actually play. And with that ubiquity, I guess we may see more academic writing about rpgs so yeah thank you very much for those messages andy cheers really appreciate that and thanks for running that call of cthulhu game i'm certainly having a lot of fun going wild in walberswick 
Hey, it's Rob here, also known as Minion. Thank you, and thanks to um, Dave Aldridge for the uh, theory. Nothing boring about it at all. Just curious about the um, about Buber's use of um, I thou. Thou, uh, in my understanding at least, was a term of um, intimacy, but also of um, when you, when you're looking down at other people. Um, in other words, if you are in a position of close intimacy, or if you're in a position where you are above in station. Uh, compared to the other person, you could then refer to them as thou. So it's actually um, a, a hierarchy thing. Um, with refer- reference to um, with uh, God, it then becomes a marker of uh, intimacy, apparently. Uh, it's not a marker of polite speech, however. Polite speech would be you, uh, which is the term we now use in modern English. I uh, don't know if that's relevant, but there you go, another rabbit hole for you. So thee and thou would be similar to... Um, the German uh, du, I guess, or the French tu, um, and you would be the equivalent of z in German or vous in French. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at Shakespeare and see how, uh, for example, a, a king or a nobleman speaks to a servant, a retainer or a servant or something, you will see this relationship. And you also see it when people, um, at very intimate moments when to uh, equals or people of uh, who are very close to each other um, speak to each other and then they'll start using this the and thou. Just a quick note on the, the Shakespeare there. So for example a king would talk to his servant saying using thee or thou and the servant would reply using you. Um, that's that, that there is the hierarchy. So if Buber is using this he we need to be very careful that perhaps he was I don't know, writing this in French, and what he really meant was uh, was uh, the intimate, uh, the and thou, or whatever he was writing in French. Um, so that would be two, I guess. Um, their intimacy being of importance, not um, hierarchy. I think that's absolutely irrelevant to role-playing, except to say that people very frequently uh, use thee and thou incorrectly in role-playing games and sort of to imply a sort of uh, faux medieval... Um, uh, feel to to their games and books. Anyway, cheers. Minion, also known as Rob, from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, and thanks very much for those messages, Rob. Um, yeah, maybe that didn't come through in what I was saying. Buber was in fact uh, Austrian, writing in German, and the book is uh, Ich und Du, and he was talking about that intimacy, that deep connection between others and the spiritual element of that, as opposed to the that hierarchical use of the term. I suppose he was coming from a place where he felt that there wasn't enough of that deep connection between people and the I and you relationship would be more in line with the I and it that he speaks about. Um, Polite society essentially being part of the problem in the sense that it kind of obfuscates intimacy in a lot of ways. Um, Pass an acquaintance in the street and they say, hi, how are you? It's not a kind of an invite for you to start questioning what you've been doing with your life, you know? (laughs) So for Booba... It was more about wanting to redress 
what he perceived as an imbalance between intimate, meaningful relationships and the more superficial interactions of polite society. Exploring these things that were left unsaid, I guess. So thanks for that, Rob. Maybe not so much another rabbit hole, just more of an inspection of the integrity of the hole I currently find myself in. (laughs) Thanks very much. Spencer is Evil Jeff. Just listened to your latest episode, and I've got to say that I had forgotten your previous life before you started talking about gaming and so forth. And that episode was great because I'm listening to you go on about things, which I cannot pretend to understand all of because you use rather big words sometimes. But the fact that you spoke with authority, it was just awesome. And it's like, yeah, you know, this guy has been trained. He knows what he's talking about. There's no pulling the wool over his eyes unless you're using bigger words or something or funny voices. Anyway, really appreciate the episode. I'm probably going to have to listen to it again so I can try to digest even more out of it. Catch you later. Wow. Uh, thanks, Evil Jeff. I really, that's um, Evil Jeff there from Minions and Musings, and I really, really appreciated that. I found that message really quite empowering. Thank you. Um, next time I find myself racked with doubt, I might hit you up. <laughs> and um, yeah, like, well, you know, this stuff isn't for everyone. I do try to use, you know, layman's language as much as I can. Obviously, I'm going to slip into using jargon now and again, but I I do try my best to avoid that wherever possible. My listeners are gamers after all, and I try to keep that in mind. I do enjoy these deep discussions, but I don't want to alienate anyone. And um, this whole podcasting lark for me, at least, is just a bit of fun, really. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to wander too far away from that. But thanks very much for your call. Uh, That um, almost made me feel as if I know what I'm talking about. Cheers, Evil Jeff. Hey, Spencer. Uh, Che, I just wanted to say thank you for the episode with Dave Aldridge's call-ins about academia and the lack of it in role-playing. yeah, it's interesting stuff, and it's kind of it's interesting that uh, Dave was talking about dialogue and the kind of like academia around that. And you know, absolutely, he's right. That would be a really good, interesting place to look. And it's also one of the reasons why right now I'm reading um, a book called The Essential Moreno because um, I thought about where does role playing come from, and it turns out that comes from um, J. L. Moreno's writings on psychodrama, group group method, and spontaneity. And I'm reading sort of like a collection of his written stuff from that basis and it's fascinating and actually i think there are probably many things in there i can glean to help with role playing so i think yeah this whole kind of cross-pollination of ideas is key thank you for sharing that and uh, thanks also to dave game on Shay webster there from roleplay rescue and um thanks very much for that message Shay. um moreno is it yeah the whole psychodrama stuff obviously has a specific purpose in the psychoanalytical sense, but it certainly can tell us a lot about role playing and um, you know what people are getting out of play. I think a lot of that centers around 
the importance of uh, kind of creative spontaneity, a readiness to improvise. And um, is it called sociodrama, which is more about group dynamics as well, which can obviously lend itself to the playing of RPGs, which, you know, isn't therapy in itself. But um, I think there's probably a lot we can learn there from why we play, what we get from play, and the importance of that. I think uh, another interesting direction to look is in development of things like parlour games in Victorian times were very popular games like, you know, like the murder mysteries, these more elaborate games where people are taking on roles and um, playing characters. Now, I'm, I'm not sure how far back these things date, but it seems to me that I get very vivid images of the 20s when I think of things like that. That's the Agatha Christie link, no doubt. These things invariably ending with a scene with everybody gathered in one room while some detective paces back and forth, disclosing pieces of the puzzle to all present with the intention of publicly outing the murderer, who is no doubt in this very room. It does strike me that there's the seed of RPGs in there somewhere. But then where do you want to draw the line? I mean, do you want to go back to literally pretending? as There we see the aging free thrall wandering off into the long reeds, possibly the last of its kind. There really does seem little hope for this poor, sorry creature. Hi Spencer, a couple of thoughts on gaming and theory and possibly academia. Let's see how far I get. In my mind, any kind of rules system is theoretical and invites theoretical considerations to, you know, patch up gaps, homebrews, resolutions, all of those kinds of things. The the funny thing is then, is that we apply those, that theoretical work, to imaginary worlds. As an academic myself, I have found, coming back into the hobby, and the hobby itself, to be really rewarding on the one hand because it gives me a break from those more I don't know entrenched aspects of academia but at the same time it satisfies that that those ways of thinking that one gets quite hooked into at the same time, it's 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 it can be that all of that theorizing is gets too much, uh, and you and and we we fall back on play, which is fantastic. That's what it's there for. That's the direction of travel for the theory. What am I saying? I'm saying, for me, gaming is about channeling theoretical 
thinking or activity towards play. That is just so wonderful and liberating. Another thing is, to, as an academic, to observe the way that all lots of all of these different amazing hobbyists that I've encountered uh, since the podcast, I suppose, starting the podcast. Um, yeah, it's just how uh, amazingly detailed and nuanced people's thoughts are. Which is not to say that I didn't think that people's thoughts were detailed and nuanced before. I'm talking specifically about these kind of theoretical questions. So whereas in academia one is, by and large, surrounded by other academics... I'm digging myself into some weird hole here... um, It feels, it, I know what, we talk about diversity or the need for more diversity in gaming, but actually the, the field of, of people's viewpoints is actually in some ways a lot more diverse than, than specific academic fields can be. I mooted some of these thoughts in the Audio Dungeon Discord chat and there was a little bit of toing and froing with Colin Spike Pitt, and you know he brought up the importance of 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 doing things, and I kind of said, well, that's kind of applied theory, um, and that shouldn't you know that shouldn't be forgotten at any time. Again, I think it's interesting that in in the gaming somehow we uh, we sometimes apply that theory through a playful simulation of something else. We almost test it out on another level of abstraction. So anyway, that's all mixed in with the fact that there's all loads of stuff just in the world we can do without theorising. So leave the theory, just forget about it. That's what I say anyway. Barney Dicker there from Loco Ludus. And um, yeah, that's all very interesting, Barney, I guess. For someone who, who's an academic, I, I hear that kind of uh, the sense that you you find this the variety of thought coming out of the the hobbyists. How refreshing that can be because it's you know it all relates directly to play and um, and I guess yeah the theorising just comes out of. Um, for me, it's just, you know, me reflecting on what I'm doing, interesting the ideas that crop up in other people's podcasts, and just random things that are thrown up through play, and being able to kind of discuss things and explore things without being hampered by the, the rigours of academia. So, yeah, I hear you, Barney. Essentially... Shut up and play something. I do feel that I kind of like this sort of halfway house, being able to be on the fringes of academia, not wanting to get entrenched in anything. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if there's anything at the heart of what we do, 
it's that kind of joy of creation, the improvisation, the joy of spontaneity, being able to surprise each other and ourselves. So, yeah, um, thanks for that, Barney. In some ways, yes, it does make the the theorising of it seem somewhat redundant. But what can you do if you enjoy that too? Well, that's about enough for me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.